Hi, and welcome. We're delighted that you've joined us here at Tell Me Where to Go, where you'll hear travel tales from all over the world designed to inspire, inform, and get you travelling around this wonderful world. Well, this is going to be fun. I'm joined by Ruby Bukabu, who is an Australian who lives for a lot of the part of the year in Paris. And she's an author, she's an entertainer, she's a TV personality. You do a lot, Ruby, don't you? I mean, you are a very busy girl, aren't you? (laughs) I don't like to get bored. (laughs) No. And it's fascinating because you absolutely have a love affair with Paris, don't you? Yeah, I went to Paris for the first time as a teenager, but then I went back when I was 25. It was one of those, you know, some people dream of New York and my place was Paris was my place and I wanted to live there and I had to go there and I slowly but surely kind of became one of my homes. I don't know what you mean by people attracted to different places, but what was it about Paris that made you fall in love with it? I guess I was attracted to it because I loved French films. My parents had French restaurants, so I always heard French at home. I was very familiar with French food and the culture. But then living there, I first went and stayed in the a non-touristic yeah. area. So there weren't tourists. It was just French people or people that live in Paris. You can just go out any night of the week. There's dozens of concerts every night of the week. Mm. They're free. I'd take my tap shoes. I'd go. I didn't know anyone. I'd go, I'd get the gig guide. I'll see. Here's a concert. It's free. I'd go there. I'd listen. I'd have a tap dance. I'd meet musicians. And by the end of the night, I'd had, you know, a handful of new friends. And then by the end of a few months later, I was integrated, <laughs> you know, and it's just there's so much to do yeah. and there's so much culture. And the other thing in Australia, because I had done an arts degree and yeah. here, you know, arts is a bit like, you know, hoity-toity well, or whatever, but yeah, there it's not. Degree. Culture is just a normal thing and yeah. even a mechanic, you can talk about theatre to a mechanic. There's not this kind of culture cringe kind of thing. Everyone loves culture and it's a very important part of everyone's life not on the fringes i love the fact that you just took your tap shoes and started tap dancing and that's how you made friends i mean that's that is a great way to make friends though isn't it to do something that's a little (laughs) bit different people sort of notice you don't they you always strike up a conversation with either one of the musicians or someone in the audience will go wow i've you know i used to know someone that tapped or that was great or i mean it's a very good conversation starter it certainly is the thing about paris is it's got its own particular atmosphere I guess I don't know how to say it really but when you're in Paris you know that you're in Paris you could be nowhere else in the world could you when you go there exactly in the book that's just out the architecture lovers guide to Paris there's actually a chapter just exactly about that because that street furniture the yes. metro signs, the the benches, the the lamp posts. There's all these things that are really emblematic of Paris. That you know the bridges, yes, or the the kiosk. You know the places where you buy your newspaper and and it's quite villagey. And all the yeah. obviously the cafes sitting yes. on the terrace of the cafe. And you don't need to go to some particular cafe. There's just everywhere on the terraces yeah. and the, that kind of ca- cafe culture. And it is a culture there. Food and wine is so important. To to the French and the Parisians, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I worked with a theatre company when I did my master's 
and we spent more time discussing <laughs> what the menu was going to be than the rest of <laughs> the day because it's very important. I think someone once said that you, when you were a French person at the table, you either talk about what you had. Yeah. Eaten, what you are eating, or what are you going to eat next? <laughs> uh, yes, it's uh, yes. I would imagine it would be very hard to walk past anywhere where they bake bread or cakes or tarts or anything and, and just walk by and not go in and buy something. Every time I get back to Paris, the first day I'm like, croissant, I need croissant yeah. and I need a good croissant, <laughs> you know, with a packet of butter in each one. Yeah. And then after a week I go, oh, maybe I probably shouldn't be eating croissant every morning. <laughs> but for a week it's fine and then you uh, do it. You just do a little bit more tap dancing, Ruby. That's all you have to do. Very easy. The yeah. other thing in Paris, why everyone's so slim or why whenever yeah. I come back I'm particularly slim is because you walk everywhere, yeah. you do walk everywhere because yeah. there's metros everywhere and particularly when I was doing this book, I came back to Australia and I thought, why am I so skinny? I was like really slim, <laughs> really, really slim, like yeah. super like slimmer than I've ever been my whole life, probably too much. But I realised there was a metro strike when I was finishing oh, the book. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so, so not only was I designing all these walking tours and, yeah. and doing the photography for the book, I then had to walk home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is annoying at the time, but really <laughs> healthy when you think about it. Now, tell us about Paris as a resident. Now, everybody knows Eiffel Tower and the Louvre and the Arc de Triomphe, etc. But as a resident there, what are some of your favourite parts of Paris that really are off the tourist track. Where do you just love to go and spend your time when you're in Paris? One of my favourite places is the Bouchemont, which is a big park, huge park, and it's four minutes from my house and I go for a jog there every morning at around 10.30 or 11 most days. And it's large and there's waterfalls, there's a lake, there's a bushy area, there's a serene area. It's a beautiful place to go. At the top, there's a lookout, which is called the Temple of Sybil which was a Greek oracle. So you oh. go up there. And if you've seen uh, Lupin, which is the film on the series on Netflix yep. that is incredible, they go up to the Temple of Sybil to look out and be pensive over Paris. It's beautiful. Yep. Uh, so that's one of my favourite places, the Bouchemont. Also, just because I live in Belleville, the other park in Belleville is yes. called Parc de Belleville. At the top of the park, you can see all across Paris, you can see the Eiffel Tower way on the other side of Paris. You can see Notre Dame de la Croix, which is one of the churches. You can see it's it's a really beautiful panoramic. And then you walk through the little back streets. The little back streets are just very quaint and the cobblestones. And, you know, it's the place, the old hood of Edith Piaf. So you're thinking you're walking through all this, history. There's these Wallace fountains, which are these beautiful fountains, which was the, the first fountains of drinking water that the Parisians had. And they're beautiful. You can find some of those little cafes. There's street art. There's this beautiful mural called The Red Balloon. Yeah. There's a uh, there's a film called The Red Balloon, an old yes, French I film. That. Yes, and yeah. there are these murals that are inspired by it. And they're kind of like picture book, beautiful with cats and red balloons and across the walls. There's some space invaders that you can find on the walls. Okay. There's some street art. There's some little cobblestone alleys. There's lots of little cafes, little restaurants. And, you know, you know the owner of a few of the cafes, so you say hello to them. 
or you've got friends in the area. It's it's my little hood. So I just kind of walk around there, either go to a friend's house or just go for a walk. That's kind of my hood. And then also Many Montons yep. is where Père Lachaise Cemetery is. So right. that's a really like it's the red carpet cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. everyone's there. Edith Pierre, Jim Rolston. Yeah. But I used to live in Gombetta. So I would sometimes get off the metro at Père Lachaise and not yeah. Gombetta and walk through the cemetery just to go home because it's really serene and peaceful and but also at night the other side in Melimonton that's all the bars where they have all the the music yeah so we do tap jams we've been we've been producing tap jams and, and concerts with musicians often Australian musicians and they're really nice so they're in the yeah. bars and the, those are the little bars everyone comes and you you know you do your, your sets and then you pass the hat and that's how you oh, actually okay. either do a deal with the bar so you yeah. get a percentage of the bar and then you pass it a hat and people throw money in the hat yep. um, or the tap shoe sometimes <laughs> and it's really nice and the audience are great and you get to mingle with other tap dancers and musicians and the public the audience really appreciative and it's very cool and then you can go and see another band three yep. doors down yeah. and they're always open till two o'clock two o'clock is the really? closing time okay. I mean and after 2am like, if you really want to go out you can find places but yeah, that's but the kind can, of I think it's it. a nice time to close something it is you eat later when I came back to Australia, I was reviewing some restaurants in Melbourne yeah. and the publicist was saying, so shall I book you in for 6.30? And I'm like, are you what? kidding Because <laughs> well, in Paris did, uh, we eat at around 9 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. I'm browsing through your new book, which is called The Architecture <gasps> Lover's Guide to Paris. They have such an elegance and style, don't they, that we just sort of lack here in Australia. There's so much effort gone into the design over there just to live in that environment you must see different things or notice different things every day i would imagine i mean if you think about it there's two thousand years of buildings that's yeah. a lot more than 200 years so there's two thousand years of architecture <laughs> yeah. from from ancient roman baths and arenas to ultra modern hotels and uh, museums so there's a really big palette of stuff (laughs) but writing this book and researching this book was actually quite incredible because I could go back to the places that I loved but hadn't really thought about too much places like the Paligania the the opera the 1875 opera house is so beautiful it's just like a little piece of Versailles in the center of Paris and every time you go past it you see the sun glistening off it all the gilded statues. And then also it was really good to discover new places. So I'd been to Printemps, but I hadn't been to, which is one of those department shops because they have those huge department stores and finding the history because, you know, they started and they were the first places that had electric lighting. It was more like a novelty and people would go there and they would dress up to be seen. So it was almost like, you know, going to the races or something, I guess. But they have these stained glass windows that are magnificent, really magnificent. So you can sit there and have a hot chocolate underneath this. I think there's 21 shades of blue and green. These huge domes. And that kind of, you know, going to the going back to those places and discovering, yeah. oh, I mean, there's just so much. There's a chapter also where it's about different places that you can see Paris, like yep. different panoramas. Yeah. And that could be Sacre-Cœur, for example, or yep. from a cocktail bar right. that people might not know about. You were talking about department stores as well, but I bet in Paris there are all these 
fabulous, just small shops that must be full of wonderful things. Yeah, in the Marais, the Marais is like the cool area, which is central on the right bank. There's all the fashion shops and they're underneath 17th century mansions. So they're really interesting and, you know, you can go down the street and you can go window shopping and then find a cool little cafe next door. And there's dozens of museums in the same area. So you can go shopping, go to the museum and finish at a cocktail bar or something. So that's a really lovely area to discover. And I've actually got, there's maybe six walking tours. That was the most fun in this book that I designed that people can do and people can do them because I understand that people might not be able to go to Paris this second, but no. you know, there's 181 <laughs> photos. So hopefully <laughs> they can travel vicariously, <laughs> but also with the walking tours, I've turned them into virtual Google earth tours. Okay. So people can write to me or go to my website, the rubytv.net yep. and you can do them on Google earth. And that's actually quite fun. So you can actually cross over the bridges and go and discover the places and read about them that way, which is a nice way to interact with the book. So now the Architecture Lover's Guide to Paris, where do people get that from? It should be everywhere. Right. Every every good bookshop. (laughs) seller. If people want a signed copy, they can <laughs> they can contact me through rubytv.net and order signed copy. So that's a possibility. There's also a link there for them to order it online, rubytv.net slash books. And otherwise you can buy it anywhere. So it's actually on a cargo ship to Australia and it will be here next month. Right. So they can either pre-order it now or get it online now or it will be in bookshops all over Australia in the next month or two. Okay. Well, I've been speaking to Ruby Bukabu, who is an Australian who spends a lot of her time in France and just loves the place. And you've written several books, haven't you, Ruby? Yeah. So this one's kind of a sequel to The Art Lover's Guide to Paris, which is available across the world, which was a lot of fun. So that's a really nice book if you like art. And uh, Sense in the City is an ebook that I wrote that you can get on Sense in the Dot City, which is all about how to discover Paris and other cities through your senses. And I think what you should do is now that you are a, a sort of a permanent part time resident of France, why don't you just start your own tap dancing tour to France? That might be a good one. That will get a lot of people involved, wouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah, we can tap dance from, from ville to ville. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you say claquette in French. <laughs> Ruby, it's I once a... travelled with a tap shoe <laughs> uh, next to my bed in a third world country in case I had to defend myself. You don't sound like you have large feet, Ruby, I have to say. <laughs> 37, if anyone's asking. Thanks very much. I'll speak to my mate Jimmy Chu and, and see if he can do you a special t- pair of tap oh, shoes if you like. Great. <laughs> I'm, up to, I'm up for it. <laughs> Ruby Bukaboo, thank you so much for chatting to us on tellmewheretogo.com. <laughs> thank you. Merci. <laughs> a bientôt. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check back on our website for other stories, specialists, funny travel tales, and anything else you might need to plan and safely enjoy your next trip. We look forward to hearing you back again soon. <laughs>